This program is in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. Don't miss the call. Join the revolution of the evolving perspective of an awakened consciousness. Are you ready? Join the community at openandclear.com. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy that meditation course myself. <sighs> Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous Knowing wolves. This, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits. Entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to Lord. lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich Or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. Thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion and decide for yourself. Then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. This is Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on the September 25th episode. How are you, Devin? I'm doing pretty good for the most part, as as far as I can see anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Very enthusiastic. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's hard to answer that question, like... Once you start seeing like mm. perfection and stuff and everything, regardless of what I would define it as good or bad, you know, and now just when people ask how you doing, you know, it's always good. I just kind of need to, I don't know, act human or something <laughs> like sociably. Like, yeah, yeah, it's going good. Yeah. <laughs> like I have an opinion about it. Human. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's funny. I enjoy no it. major complaints. Uh no. No. Oh, oh, that's you, good. You got a word with the producers? Should we put in some some more? <laughs> <laughs> The talent is unhappy. Hey, we can always use a little more money here. That, that'd be nice. Story of my life. <laughs> yeah. So how's it going over there? It's almost October. That means you almost come back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because I may end up staying till Christmas. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh, things... Things are always up in the air. <laughs> Damn. So. Oh, well. Like a kite. Like, yeah. And then I'll leave for good. <laughs> no, I've been having weird dreams lately. <laughs> okay. Probably because I've been thinking about changing the date I'm going home and stuff. I keep having dreams about traveling and family and stuff been weird you don't think they're telling you something or you're having a conversation pretty much should I go should I stay or should I go now <laughs> I don't know is that a possibility do people do that yeah absolutely yeah you know there's a lot of ways of defining a shaman but one time I looked it up and one of the definitions was someone that follows the guidance of their dreams. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, as much as it's somewhat of a connection to... Yeah, I mean, I just rearranged uh, half of my apartment here because <laughs> as I was falling asleep, I, I saw myself rearranging the apartment. So I'm like, the next morning I'm rearranging my apartment. No way. Yeah. I mean, I got this tattoo on my face because of it, too. But, you know, we do some extreme things. I, I tend to only follow my dreams when it has some sort of connection to me somehow. Like, I feel some sort of draw to it or something. Like, feel like it speaks to me. Because, you know, there's those times that it's just completely random and and chaotic and weird and nothing really stands out. And you can get into the depths of of looking at the symbolism of it and all this stuff. But in a way, if you want to psychologically understand it, it's, you know, it is that subconscious mind, like your conscious mind somewhat processing what's going on with the subconscious mind as it's been, you know, pretty much filtering in long-term and short-term ideas of, of what memories and stuff want, want to maintain and... And so it's like keeping this movement alive as in thoughts, you know, keep keep using the brain in, in that fashion to keep it alive. Mm. So in other words, in a, a little easier to understand, and you, of course, know probably more about that than I do. But as far as, as how I see it, you know, it's it's my spirit and ability to communicate and speaking to my, you know, conscious self, and I, I have the opportunity to use it as symbols of intuition and being guided by that spirit. 
So anywhere I'm looking for guidance, I can find it. And through dreams, if I'm looking for guidance in dreams, I'll find it. And it would, you know, either tell me or somehow guide me to knowing what I should do or where I should go. So any symbolism, I mean, people use like pendulums and tarot cards and dreams. And it's all kind of just symbolism that can be used as this intuitive guidance. And I, I even often would flip a coin, be like, should I do this or not? And heads or tails. And I find out that, yeah, okay, heads, I should do it, or tails, I shouldn't, or whatever. And I would follow that. Or I'd find out, wow, it says heads, I really, really don't want to. And either uh-huh. way, you know, it would, it would help me find what my internal guidance you know, is directing and helping me to see clearly. You'd flip a coin in your dream? Oh, <laughs> no, not necessarily in my dream, but in this reality dream, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a dream is another fashion in which when you're interpreting it and and looking at it, that if you think it's speaking to you, you can find that communication to where it is. Like, ultimately, everything is speaking to you all the time. Like, whether it be a voice in your head or symbolism of the world or voices of other people or if it's God all around you or anything, that if you're looking for it and truly, honestly looking for it, it's inevitable that you find it. And if you want to find guidance and you or you have a goal, say that guidance can guide you to, to like awakening or something, you will find it. You will look to that and be like, okay, I feel like this is teaching me and telling me to go a certain way or be a certain thing. And so, in other words, in this, as you have this traveling dreams and you're thinking about traveling and you don't know what, I don't know, maybe you have a choice or not, but maybe it's not just helping you process the whole situation like emotionally, which is helpful as well, but also that it, you know, might be helping you to see more clearly in if there is a decision to make and what decision is I mean why would you have a battle with your subconscious if <laughs> you know if there wasn't a decision to make if you didn't you know think differently than your subconscious for one thing right my thing is I've always been fascinated by like dream interpretation or people who are able to like read omens or stuff like that. Yeah. Like I've, ne- I've always wondered how to interpret the symbols that you see and how to like relate it and stuff. Cause I've always felt like there's omens. Like I see stuff that has significance and it almost yeah. like whispers to me that there's some meaning in it. But I'm like, what, what does that mean? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I suppose it depends on how you're looking at it, because it depends on, you know, your dimensional perspective, that, you know, like symbols of trees, you, you would define it as, oh, it's a, an idea of life or an idea of, of just growth or, or something, and you have all these different ideas essentially basing it off of what you think of reality. So it's always going to be where you're seeing the universe from and you're defining reality from. And so it will, 
naturally, because of that, it will be guiding you step by step a little bit. If that's to some other place, if that's to the moment, if that's to some something, it, you know, it, it's more of a can you open your mind to understanding the symbolism than insisting that you have the symbolism in your mind. Does that make sense? Like, you, you might not understand the definitions or think you need the definitions uh, from some book. Now you have information in your head that now you try and understand your dreams through that information. But the ability to just, okay, I want to understand this and now open my mind to something I thought I didn't know before to now knowing. I'm mean, sure we can do that through books and classes and conversations, but you can do it like in this moment. Like if the dreams are using symbolism, then some part of you knows the symbolism it's trying to communicate with, right? So then you should be able to uh, put it together or cipher that code uh, because it is something about you, say your subconscious, that's trying to communicate with you. And it can't use symbolisms you don't know, or it doesn't know. So there's an aspect of you that does know it. It's interesting, because I was riding on the bus to London hmm. for my birthday or something last month, about a month ago. And I fell asleep. I'm watching outside the window, you know, and I see all these trees and flowers, and it's really pretty, and I just kind of dozed off to sleep. And I started having this dream of this flower that was starting to grow and to blossom and to bloom and right as it starts the petals start coming out into full bloom I'm I was thinking I'm like what am I seeing what is this and as the the, the thing started to complete its bloomage I was like no and I woke up I'm like no because I didn't I didn't want it to bloom because I didn't want it to be done and I realized in a moment that it was me. I was watching me coming to full development. Because I'm like, once it blooms and it commits to becoming something, then it can be judged. It could be not good enough. I'm like, I'd rather not know because then I have to, and I can avoid being judged or criticized or something. If I'm always in a process of becoming, nobody can criticize me. So, wow. so yeah, that's pretty cool. But could you see inside that flower? Mm, I was just looking on it from outside yeah so and like you don't completely know what was in it right i mean you might have a definition mm -hmm. of you've seen those types of flowers before right, mm -hmm. right. so you you kind of know what's inside a flower right right well, what if there was some something else you know it actually opened it and it was yeah. something in there you know <laughs> some reason i see a, a disney movie or something and there's a princess inside <laughs> you know something <laughs> or a fairy or something or some pearl or something that happens to be to catch you by surprise like you think you know, you know what that definition of that flower is and what it's going to be like say you know you get into that position of actually getting to be a doctor now you have to be judged a certain fashion oh you you fit into this standard you you have to be in this way. Well, if you're a doctor, you should be this smart and all this stuff. And then you might right. fail at that or something or whatever it might be. And But if you 
don't really know what your personal expression of doctorhood uh, is all about, then it could actually be a surprise, even like that flower. Like, it might look like a flower from a distance on the outside, but there's still something that could happen. I mean, we do assume, like, even when you were describing it, as like, oh, yeah, after it's fully blossomed, now it's dying. You know, mm. and it's going to die off or something. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to continue to be growing, but if you have no destination in which you're growing to, like, what's the point of growing? I mean, so to say that that flower opening up and assuming that the next step is dying is a misunderstanding of the whole point of it growing. Like there might be mm -hmm. something more as far as metaphorically talking about ourselves. There's something greater and more about who we are that we're growing into. I mean, we're going to give and offer our own individual uh, unique expression to the world in our field that has never been offered before. I mean, that's the whole reason we exist. Like we're expanding upon something that, yeah, we're given all this information. We go to school and we, we let's say we come to the position in which we are teachers where we saw them at. And now we're as smart or as good or whatever as them. But we're meant to exceed that. So in other words, we can't know where it's actually going to go. We have to make where it's going to go, right? Right. Yeah. So I understand That's that true. it seems like it's logical to have that fear, but the fear is an anticipation of an idea you think is going to happen, not necessarily what's going to happen. Mm. You know, expectations of something that doesn't have to occur. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like the you, fear got me. You're going to re redefine doctorhood. You're not going to be in fitting in any definition. I mean, you might a little bit, but you're going to expand it. And that's it's like the whole reason for our conscious evolution. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> right. I think that was part of it, to be honest. It's like, I don't want to just, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to do, something unique that I'm supposed to offer to the world. And I don't want to just be like everybody else. Yeah. It would stifle the, the purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's but right. you're saying we can redefine it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, like I look at religions and I see how people are trying to regurgitate and old things, old belief systems from eons ago and you know it may it's beautiful in its own sense but the whole point is to expand on it you know go further than where they went you know of course you'd have to get to that place where they were or as far as you're going to or whoever you are and and then expand upon it like it it's almost i find it sad when that we find excuses for suppression instead of expansion and we do that a lot for society time. in general yeah yeah but it's usually only that? because we have a yet to reach our capacity of what we know we're capable of and like i mean why are you afraid of the the flower blooming <laughs> and like you have that fear but it's 
it's because you know like that ending is this idea of death you you came here to be mark you're enjoying mark you're doing mark's life and you're becoming whatever mark's gonna be it's like maybe you you recognize there's this contract well when i become what i'm gonna become then it's done you know i'm gonna die at that time or something and so you like avoid being done going to school forever and never actually fully coming to the blossom experience until you're ready to finally let go of the entirety of the thing it's a misunderstanding because the actuality of what you are to come here and be mark is eternal it, it has no death and even as it might seem that oh okay i did mark now oh that was fun oh that was great <laughs> now i'm gonna do something else no it's an expansion on what you are it's always an expansion on what you are and you're continuing in this exploration of the totality of everything you could be so it's not something you know mark won't be left behind as much as we want to think it you know it will never be the same yes you will become more and aware of more but mark will be also there you know as much as everybody but for the sake of sentimental conversation <laughs> mark's <laughs> coming along too even after death so each step each new step that we take doesn't leave behind the old step yeah it's beautiful yeah like you you require this the steps you take on your stairway to heaven in order to have those steps up there to be taken <laughs> like, yeah you get to step 28 well you required step 14 you can't regret step 14 uh, <laughs> in order to get to step of 28 and you can't just like, oh, I, I wish I, I never had step 14. I wish I never did that in my life. Well, you, as many would say, I wouldn't be who I am today if it was if it didn't happen. And it's right. true. I mean, like you were guided and molded and shaped each and every day by what you the life you've taken, what you've done, what's been done to you and everything that you're going through. It, you know, it's shaping you. It it in itself is a plan. As, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, as many people like to think the universe has a plan, it, it, it also has a plan to every last little speck of dust moving, every last little decision you're making, every last little movement in your life, and it's all just happening. Even though you think you're doing it on your own, that's what's so great. <laughs> it, it's, it's doing it with you, through you. That gets I was into talking my verse to today. Sorry. Go ahead. What? I was just I was talking to some people yesterday. I was teaching my little Sunday school class. That's what I was doing. I was teaching a, a principle or a lesson or something. And I kept – whenever I teach these classes, I end up telling stories about stuff that I've done, just crazy or weird or funny stuff that I've done. And I was telling this story of something really sad that happened to me. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, for a long time that was a big regret, you know. But to think about it in context of what I've learned and become and experience and know from it, it's it's made me who I am fundamentally. It all has purpose and meaning, you know. Yeah. Yes, I, get... I didn't see it till I started trying to explain it to people. <laughs> yeah. Like as an artist myself, 
I don't like showing, it's been a while, but I don't like showing my artwork or someone looking over my shoulder, you know, while it's in process. Like, uh, you know, it, it, they're like, ooh, what are you doing with that part there? <laughs> you know, no, that's, you're, just wait, you're C. And it's like building <laughs> up, you know, it looks funny along the way, but, you know, when it actually gets to the paint, the ending painting or picture or, you know, the conclusion of it, you'll see what the whole point of all the strokes were, what the point of all the steps were, and it finally makes sense. You know, we're trying to, we seem to think, and this does sound like, oh, the, the joy is in the destination as opposed to the journey, but it is like the process of our lives is the whole reason God is possible to be known. Uh, if with without our journey of exploring everything the incomprehensible could be there would be no evidence or experience of what it is so there would be no one to know it and that's to say itself wouldn't know its own existence without us and knowing that and coming out to be that painting but it essentially is you know the conclusion is the totality and the full knowledge of all the universe say God it's true Sometimes I think that as we come closer to knowing God and we learn more things, we should always be experiencing happy stuff because God is happy and it should all be good <laughs> and stuff. So when we have these bad experiences, it's like, oh, man, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Oh, he put his eraser down on my painting. No. <laughs> my picture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does seem like that, especially when we don't understand and... You know, it's definitely easy to explain it, saying, oh, yeah, we don't see the big picture, and especially as the metaphors we've been using so far today. Uh, but as far as, like, in the condition of where it seems something is going against what we've wanted, in a way, mm -hmm. it's because it's in a reflection of we've been going against the way we see the universe wanting us to go. So if we were in alignment with the universe, we ha would have seen that coming and, and are naturally in the flow with it because it's part of, say, all the universe. And so are we. But if we're trying to go a different way than the universe in whatever fashion, maintaining routine or, or trying to run from God or whatever, then mm -hmm. it will seem as if the universe is going against us in whatever fashion. But really, we're just not content with what the universe has to offer and thinks that we somehow can process it in a different fashion. So we're trying to establish that we have free will. It's like, no, 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 this is not the will of the universe. This is my will, not yours. Mm. My glory. Yeah. yeah, my glory, not yours. All the glory to me, <laughs> not you. Of course, it would be fearful. I mean, I know I'm pathetic and weak on my own, and I'm it's I'm gonna ruin everything. But I still want it <laughs> to be. I want to ruin it myself. It is amazing how much I plan out my whole life with the the little Mark ego. Going, yeah, I've got to do this and this, and if I don't, terrible things will happen. And I've got to work super hard and get straight straight A's and good grades. And I tend to not be willing to have that plan change. So, of course, it's always in change. 
Yeah. Always. It's like, oh, you're going to stay here till Christmas. What? <laughs> <sighs> but then when I look back on stuff, I'm like, wow, that really worked out. But I must have got lucky. I can't rely on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as, I mean, plan planning isn't a terrible sinning thing or anything. You know, there's a lot of course miracles people like to emphasize. It's it's the resistance to the change of plans that's a problem. You know, it's like mm. you can have a routine as much as you want. You can have a, a plan as much as you want. You know, it's perfect. It has its place. No issue there. Uh, you can set a date for this and that. No problem. Uh, it doesn't matter really. It's as long as you're willing to change if it changes and you're willing to flow with it as it flows and, and you're knowing that and going with that change in your life and accepting that, you know, as much as it changed, the plan changed, was the will of the universe as much as you're planning that event was the will of the universe as well. So you recognize and join with that being the will of the universe. Wow. Oh, well. I need, to, I need to remember that bigger perspective, I think. That's essentially what the training, as far as if the world is a test, that's what I would say it is, is that, you know, we got obsessed. We, we wanted to get obsessed. We were digging in deep with the world until we forgot everything else and just completely... You know, we're trying to learn the world, the world, the world, the world, everything the world has to offer, even its perspective on spirituality and re religion and truth, and then to come out of it. And can you recognize yourself when you think of, not, not just so much as you can't remember yourself, but also that <laughs> you think of yourself as something completely different. And so you're, you're in this misinterpretation. Oh, I don't need to look for myself. I have myself. I know myself. So you're Here not I even am. looking for, for the self anymore. So it's, it's very tricky. <laughs> thing, especially, you know, someone confronts and says, you know, you don't know who you are. And you're like, don't tell me I don't know who I am. I know who I am. <laughs> you know, essentially, yes, you know who you have been defined to be, but is that the greatest and eternal perspective of who you actually are? And then when that definition gets challenged, we think that that can die or get yeah. hurt or something. Or that it is the death of it. Mm. Usually, we def Usually we defend something because we think it's going to end. We think it's going to be destroyed or or somehow have an issue or death occurring. So if someone's confronting, you know, who I think I am and, and I, I feel like I need to fight back is because I feel like pain's coming, pain or death, or I'm going to lose something and that's a death in itself or someone. Right. And, and so in other words, I don't have a perspective of eternal life. I have a perspective of death. And I'm putting death in everything I, in all my reactions and all my feelings and all my thoughts, all being defined by, oh, 
it's going to lead to death if this happens. It's going to lead to life if this happens. It's going to lead to death if this happens. And now my knowledge of good and evil is just the filtering out of what's going to let me die and what's going to let me live. <laughs> and that's what it is. And so when plans change, you're like, no, no, but my plan to live, I need to do that. You can't change it or it will yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you probably will, but you know you will die anyway, really. Right. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, that one's coming. You know it. <laughs> it won't feel like death. I mean, you're you're gonna things are gonna change around you. You're gonna look things happening differently. You're gonna see the world differently but you're you'll be like looking at yourself in whatever fashion that means and and you're gonna be like <laughs> oh i'm still alive i might be in a body now oh i'm still alive i might be out of a body in a soul or something and oh i'm still alive you might go into another body oh i'm still alive if you <laughs> even if you even recall it you know it's Go into an eternal perspective. Oh, I'm still alive. Oh, I still exist. Oh, I pretty much perceive or think, and therefore I am. Mm. Oh, I exist. Oh, I exist. So it continues on, reoccurring in different forms, different ways. Oh, I still exist. Oh, look at me. I still exist. And I might have different recollections of of remembering all this eternal perspective and all the creation of the forgetting land of the veil and all this stuff and, and going into this life and out of this life. And, and, you know, it'd be humorous because you're like, oh, yeah, I really fell for it. I, I totally believed it. Mm. I totally believed death was coming. And even when it did, in, by definition, it didn't with me. I'm still alive. I'm still existing. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still continuing forever again, over again, and, and, you know, not necessarily repeating, but continuing. Right. All those years I spent trying not to die, and then here I am, and it's not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very familiar sensation. Very interesting. So you were talking, you were going to bring up your verse that you did today? Uh, yeah, it was just saying how that kind of, probably just because I talked about it today, I tend to bring it up as well. But uh, getting into the eternal perspective uh, of the way, of the purpose, the Tao Te Ching verse 17. Hmm. You're on um, 17. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to hear it? Yeah. It gets into a little bit of under, different understanding because a lot of people, especially when it was even scribed, so this was audibly given by Lao Tzu and then it was scribed by an interpreter, really, of putting it into the right characters of ancient... Uh, Chinese something or other and mm. so the reason I feel like I'm allowed and being motivated to interpret it again 
is by communion with Lao Tzu and what it was actually attempting uh, to be said, which, you know, has no, it's not a big deal at all, but I feel like I'm uniting with that same frequency, uh, mm -hmm. opposed to the person that was scribing it, tried to interpret it, tried to understand, doesn't really understand it. And he's like, so mm -hmm. master, how, how do I do this? You know, how do I, how do I get to be where you are? So he's now interpreting everything as if, oh, this is what you do to get there. And mm -hmm. really Lao Tzu is just saying, this is how it is. This is how the universe is. This is how reality is in his angle, his perspective. And, and so it's, it was interpreted immediately in a fashion that was not what Lao Tzu meant to say. Because he was like, what, why do I need to tell the universe how the universe is? Why do I need to tell God how God is? You know, he sees it as that. And then this interpretation of a perspective that doesn't know God is trying to say, oh, I'm going to use this to find out what God is. And so it's a misinterpretation automatically. And then it's translated into English in different forms, <laughs> each character being something different. So as far as how it was spoken with me in through spirit and this alignment, as it, it's not so much talking about a person governing over people, <laughs> that it's actually talking about an eternal perspective governing over the entire population of everything. So, and and there's a little bit of confusion because he tends to go into different topics. So. When the eternal perspective governs people, the people are hardly aware of its existence, even believing it is possible to debate its will. The first representation of it was a guide who is loving. The next representation is a leader who is feared. The most profound will be the closest you, uh, one you have despised. If it is, if what, <laughs> I read that wrong every time. If what it is doesn't trust people, it reflects a world of them that are untrustworthy. For the eternal perspective doesn't simply talk, it is all acts. For when it acts, it is everything that is being done. The separate ones enjoy believing it is them their independent will, all on their own. See how it kind of came up a little bit? Well, even this, the will of God is actually pouring through you right now to be in this experience. We're actually more united with, you know, God than we think we are. Mm -hmm. But we're thinking we are because we desire to come to know God. You can't come to know God if you know it. You have to forget it to come to know it. And the desire is, what are you? What is God? What am I? And the question of that begat all reality, all experiences of the coming to know what everything could be if it was anything at all. I was doing one of these meditations this week where instead of you breathing in and out, you kind of visualize when you breathe in, the universe is breathing out into you. Yeah. yeah and it's okay. like the different perspective. 
Yeah. And it kind of, it blows my mind just thinking about it because it's like I'm not here as a lone entity on my own thinking, you know, I'm just by myself. Instead, the whole universe is breathing in and out of me. Yeah. And I, I often I, use the idea of sight. You know, it's not me looking out on the, all the universe, but it's a universe looking through me on my perspective of all the universe. <laughs> mm. But yeah, the and even that breath, you know, it's not really out into you that is separate from the universe and then back again, but it does flip it around. It's really the same one thing. You know, it's all that same one thing. Right, break. this interconnectedness. Yeah. I right. like that in the verse, the way that she stated that all acts, everything that is done, yeah. is the eternal perspective. Yeah, and the other interpretation, which I derived this from, it says, the master doesn't talk, he acts. When, he, when his work is done, the people say, amazing, we did it, all on our, ourselves, all by ourselves. Mm. And I'm like thinking... A lot of interpretations take that as, oh, this guy's supposed to be up on his throne somewhere and he's influencing the people from a distance. And, <laughs> you know, so we get this idea like it's actually separate people governing separate people. But it's actually mm -hmm. this divine union of the entirety of the universe that is performing its will with the universe. Like we, we're telling a, telling a tale, telling a story of ourselves and how we became to be the ultimate knowledge of the totality of the universe. So yeah, and that was for the eternal perspective doesn't simply talk. It is all acts. It's the talking, it's the silent talk, it's it as I said earlier, it's talking loudly in lies and it's talking quietly in truth. You know, it makes no difference. It is every act that you can possibly do and every thought you can possibly think, every emotion you can possibly have. And while it, in this fourth dimensional perspective, uh, the mastery of it requires this recognizing this ego identity. And then, you know, is there an ego to the eternal perspective? No, there's absolutely not. It's only within the fourth dimensional perspective that is currently obsessed with bodies. So this idea of A Course in Miracles, even as it would be left behind, it simply is for this perspective alone. It, does God need A Course in Miracles? Of course not. Does even Christ <laughs> Jesus? No. What are you talking about? No. And it's simply because I am obsessed and looking through these eyes thinking they're mine. <laughs> oh, I mm -hmm. did it all by myself. Yeah, look at me. I do radio programs. I'm so cool. And I, <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> If I really recognized it, it's God doing it through me. It's always been, there's never been a me doing it on my own. It's always been God believing and enjoying me doing it through me, doing it as me. You know, mm -hmm. The universe saying, yes, I am Devin. Look at me now. Hear me roar. There's been times in my life, especially when I first met my wife, like years ago, right after massage school and I had just finished my Reiki trainings and all that stuff, when I was able to feel really 
in harmony with the universe and connected to everything. And so I'm just thinking about seeing the coincidences and stuff and how everything happens as the universe wills it. And so I, I start to see things, you know, I'm like, what is this coincidence and these things and these little omens and stuff I start to see. I feel like it's, oh, it's all the universe working together. I, I think I'm looking for some kind of words to explain it. The universe doesn't speak words, right? The ego well, speaks words. Yeah, but the ego and, you know, the universe and words, it's all part of it. It's just simply the interpretation we have currently as this third, fourth dimensional obsession perspective that is currently processing the whole system. I mean, we have to know the ego so that we can know separation so that we can come mm -hmm. to know unity again. So it's it's a little bit different, but it absolutely has its place. Like even that coming into the position of recognizing the, the having... Uh, synchronicities happen and, and thinking oh I just thought that and it, it's now happening look at that is all right. you know on that journey of coming to recognize that you know you aren't just you know in harmony with the universe that you know harmony is a natural occurrence when it's one thing the one thing is natural naturally one thing it does naturally <laughs> what one thing does <laughs> It's and, in oneness with itself. Yeah. It's not like two things becoming one or recognizing that it's one. It's not seven billion things recognizing they're one. It's not ten trillion billion tr infinity things recognizing it's one it's one thing recognizing that it's infinity things and recognizing it's seven billion things and recognizing it's a tiny little separate thing so i enjoy this whole flipping it all around right. i see a lot of stuff happening in the room sorry guys i don't interrupt i don't uh I tend to communicate with the text it tends to slow me down yes this is live gav her uh, and uh, Mark is in England right now. And in England. Yeah, that's Dr. Mark. Devin's the one that talks slow, and Mark is the one that makes sense. That's how I <laughs> determined it before. <laughs> Sorry to... I just don't always... And yes, this is recorded live. Or I'm doing this some miraculous thing, and i yeah. playing it back, communicating with you in the room. It, okay, that gets trippy. To your premonition. Yeah. I see, I see a gaffer that's talking to the... <laughs> <laughs> He's that good. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm confronted with this idea of, you know, how people think when someone breaks laws, like laws of physics, let's say, uh, they become mm. idolized in a fashion like they might be a god. Right. And... Uh, this we're watching this movie we've pretty much or this show stargate and there's oh, like yeah. 10 seasons so we just let it play <laughs> i occasionally uh catch something and there's they're dealing with these people which pretty much essentially what what the old ancient egypt and they're seen as these gods but they're actually a parasite and all this stuff and so they're constantly in this little battle kind of thing with 
the ability to have this miraculous occurrences and everything doesn't actually define them being a god and so they're <laughs> trying to save people from them being gods and all this stuff and I actually just got to season nine so it's a, a whole different things happening with these people that can <laughs> teleport through universes and other galaxies and all this stuff and, and do such miraculous works and so I'm excited to see how they you know <laughs> keep people from believing that this these are gods as well you know and mm -hmm. there's I a lot of thoughts that were shared you know what is really say this idea of a god being a separate god uh, than anything more than someone with greater capabilities than where someone feels they are you know it's the same as a teacher like a teacher and a student like what's the difference with a teacher and a student in the greater perspective of reality is nothing but while the student believes it has something to learn it found in its perspective someone that it believes has that information and now is allowing itself to receive that information from a teacher that also believes the student doesn't have the information as well so it's now the occurrence of this journey of the story of a student and a teacher can only be occurring while they have this separation and specialness ideas of you don't know and I do know, but I think you will know if I tell you right and I teach you in a way, you know, and so on and so on. Mm. It'll be because of me that you know. Aren't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Aren't> I great? <laughs> and as uh, it comes to me, it's like the, the greatest teacher, say, uh, the ability to teach everyone just the best <laughs> i don't know how to, the greatest teacher has no students i know i've mentioned that before it's like mm -hmm. because they're all became teachers you know mm -hmm. <laughs> in themselves they are you know no longer students they're no longer looking for the answers they got the answers but the greatest student at the same time doesn't have any teachers <laughs> <laughs> Gets your mind turning, doesn't it? Right. The sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> that is true. People see supernatural occurrences and say, that must be a god. Yeah. So they see, they often kind of expect that. If you claim yourself to be a shaman or something, they expect you to be able to do something a little supernatural to prove, like, okay. He's in tune with the God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, many times, interpret my dreams. It comes up in the Bible a lot. Is it proof that you have this connection with God? And without even telling him the dreams, they tell him, you know. And mm. so there's a lot of different things. It's like, you know, can we actually. I and mean, yes, I would say a higher dimensional being is definitely more capable of different things happening. But as far as, you know, being the actual essence of all reality, the truth of, say, that zeroth and tenth dimension, it, it has no real occurrence and no need for followers or showing off anything. I and mean, it could just, and it, I would say swipe of my hand, but that's definitely my obsession with the body. But it simply mm -hmm. thinks, and it does, you know, 
<laughs> universes are destroyed by its thought and they're created in the same movement you know it's like you think civilization needs to be confronted by someone that can do miracles and perform uh, break physical laws uh, in order to prove that they're a god you know they can simply be and society follows without any showing of actions without any showing of of proving anything because they are the totality of society they are the totality of all the universe so the governing doesn't require communication and a bodily level it's simply i am the will within you that's pretty intense it's pretty intense kind of scary if you think about it <laughs> <laughs> only when you think it's some other will and not your own it's funny I was thinking about the Buddhist concept of the Bodhisattva the saved enlightened being who comes back to save others and we're, we're like oh yeah so it's like a like a Jesus Christ figure that comes back and does miracles and helps people and our Buddhist teacher was like no not necessarily it goes to the people who needs them so maybe it'll come back as a murderer. Maybe it'll, because then maybe they murder somebody that needs to be murdered. Or maybe they set a bad example of what not to be. Or maybe they need to go to hell so they can teach the people in hell. But they're not the stereotypical good, always doing exactly what you expect. They could be anything, anywhere, yeah. anytime, because it has meaning. And all things have meaning. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa. It's like, shapes and conforms to the position in which it's in and it's completely accepting and willing to do that right you're talking about my life man <laughs> <laughs> Devin are you a bodhisattva no I don't know maybe, maybe I mean kind of that's the story right like they become enlightened reach nirvana and are given presented the option do you want to go back do you want to return or do you want to move on that's they say it. we'll return that's exactly what happened in my death experience so Maybe. <laughs> would I define myself as that? I, I would often, and I would many other terms as well. And the lack of these terms also. I'm, I'm all of these. Yay! <laughs> like like uh, someone's asked me, oh, have you found the false prophet? You're doing this false prophet show. And I'm like, yeah, question mark, question mark. You know, I have false prophet in me as well as I have true prophet in me as well as I have completely absence of all prophets and need for prophecies, as well as, you know, completely reliant on every last little idea of being a prophecy and, and not a prophecy. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's all there. You know, everything's there. And it's like, can you see that you're actually all these different dimensional perspectives kind of looking at the same one thing? Mm. I was listening to last week's show when we were talking about you don't always get the same messenger. Tarot cards may work this time or you may get a message oh, from yeah. something else, but the universe is always shifting, you know, to be flexible and seeing. Yeah. Because you were saying that when you start to come to expect it in a certain way, then the universe changes. Yeah, because it's not the thing that's being used. When you think it's the thing that's being used, you're misunderstanding. But it's the intuition that you have in which is attempting to join you with that to total knowledge of the universe. So the total knowledge of the universe is within that gate system within you or whatever. It's, it's within you. And so if you currently believe something's going to show it to you, you're just opening your mind to that actuality of knowing 
that then reveals it through the symbols in you or that you're looking at, you're feeling, you're tasting, you're touching, anything. Mm. So the, the Holy Spirit, as most would refer to as, it uses all the symbols that you perceive and it speaks to you all throughout the day. As we talked about a little earlier, you know, if you're willing to look and find it, see its guidance, you will see it speaking through everything. You can find it in movies, cartoons, uh, car accidents, <laughs> uh, <coughs> dreams, stories told, things said, anything. If you're looking for guidance, it will use it all. It, uh, it's not in the things itself. It is within you. And it will then lead you to the next. Lead you, it uses it to lead you to the next. So once you think it's about that, oh, I'm going to use this all the time because it worked this one time, you're misunderstanding that it's the, it's, you know, the inspiration within you, not the thing you're using. Mm-hmm. So when we followed a prophet too long, sometimes we get a false prophet. Yeah, essentially that's... You know kind of what happens is that if you don't you know it's like a teacher is do i need my first grade teacher anymore no i need to go on <laughs> to my second grade teacher and my third you know it's like i need to eventually put down this book to move on to the next right all right that's our time mark thank you so much and thank yeah. you all for being here and tuning in and chatting in the room and if you have any questions or concerns or want to contact either dark d- dark dr mark or myself you can find our information at openandclear.com that's o p e n a n d c l e a r.com all right i'll talk to you later mark everybody all right let's talk to you next week have a beautiful day